We all know that parenting is hard work and life can get busy. We've done the research to help you. So let's dig deep with Leanne Mancini and work together to help you raise strong Christian kids. Hello and welcome back to Raising Christian Kids. I am so excited again to have Ginger Hubbard on the show today. If you didn't listen last episode, you really need to. She gave some really wonderful advice regarding her book. I can't believe you just said that. And if you're having issues with children whining or lying or tattling, that's an episode you want to listen to. And that's a book you should purchase. So today, Ginger, I'm happy to have you on the show to talk about your new children's book, Sam in a Sticky Situation. And it's from the children's series, Teaching Children to Use Their Words Wisely. Welcome back, Ginger. Thanks, Leanne. It's good to be back. I'm excited to get to encourage your listeners about whining because it's such a big deal right now in our, in our culture. It is. It's getting worse, too. That in com- There's no common sense. I used to say com- Amen. common sense is not common anymore. And, <laughs> and even adults whine and cry. But why do you think whining has become such a problem with children in today's culture? Well, the bottom line is that children like us are selfish in nature. We all have this tendency to want what we want when we want it. And if we don't get it, then we uh, tend to complain or whine about it. Another reason that children whine, Leanne, is simply because they're allowed to whine. Parents are often responsible for the habits of their children. And so in all of my books and seminars, I always like to encourage parents to look past outward behavior and address the issues of the heart from a biblical perspective. So one of the issues behind whining is a lack of self-control. And what's really sad about it is that children who use demanding forms of communication to express their wants and needs are in bondage to their emotions and lack of self-control. And an enslaving addiction to whining does not make for a happy child or a happy parent. <laughs> In Proverbs twenty five twenty eight, God compares a person who lacks self-control with a city whose walls are broken down. And in Galatians 5, and 23, he deems self-control so important that he lists it as a priority virtue. And then in Titus 2, 12, he says that by his grace, we are to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled lives. So he has an awful lot to say about self-control. And it's encouraging for us to keep in mind that God's commands are for the purpose of his glory, but also our joy. And honoring God by speaking with a self-controlled voice accomplishes both purposes. When we choose to obey his commands, he puts joy in our hearts, which reflects his own joy of being glorified. And so I just love how it all works together in such a beautiful way. And I love uh, one of the reasons that Jesus gives for us obeying his commands in John 15, 11. He said, I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. I think it's safe to say that we've all witnessed the lack of joy in a whining child versus the joyful countenance of a child who's been taught to communicate with self-control. There are probably a lot of parents out there who are at loss for how to address the whining with their kids. So they may find themselves resorting to methods that are ineffective. Can you identify some of those ineffective methods and talk about why they're not beneficial? Sure. One is scolding. According to the Bible, scolding is an angry response that will stir anger in the hearts of our kids. In Proverbs 15, 1, we're told a gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. When we respond to a whining child by yelling something like, you stop that whining right now or you're going to get it. We're training in anger 
and we're not modeling the self-control that we're so desperately trying to teach our kids to learn. Correcting wrong behavior should never be an I'll show you or a boy, you're going to get it now mentality. Correction should always be given with an attitude of, I love you too much to allow you to live an undisciplined life. Another ineffective method for dealing with a whining child is to ignore them or to give in to their demands. To ignore them is to shirk our responsibility to train them and to give in by granting them what they're whining for. Well, I think we have all witnessed that too. That's only going to reinforce the wrong behavior. Now, I'll be the first to say that certainly there are times when ignoring or giving in may seem more convenient for us (laughs) because it does take time and effort to train our kids in what's right. But to ignore or give in to a whining child is to selfishly place our own interest above the interest and the well-being of the child. God has placed parents as the authority over children to teach them not to ignore them or just to get them to hush by indulging that inappropriate behavior. So when children whine, we want to view those times as precious opportunities to train them in self-control, not as frustrating moments of inconvenience for us. Yeah, if you ignore them, they're just going to keep coming back. And if they do stop, you exasperated your child's heart. You've really told them, look, you're not important enough for me to acknowledge what your need is, because I don't think it's that important. But to a child, it is important. Mm-hmm. You know, that causes that division again in between right. the parent and the child. Right. And, and I love that. I love what you just said there, that it is important to the child. And that kind of goes back to communicating with our kids in general. You know, I know that our eyes will start glazing over sometimes when a child wants to spend, you know, 15 minutes telling us about what they built out of Legos or how they're setting up a pretend tea party for their baby doll. And so, but when we talk to them about things that are important to them, that opens that good communication, good communication habits with our kids. And that's going to encourage them to share their hearts with us because we take time to listen to them about things that are important to them, even though it may seem silly or unimportant to us. Yes. There's that saying, listen to the small stuff now. So they'll tell you the big stuff later. Oh, that's good. That's good. When they're they're teenagers. How can you help parents understand the heart issue behind whining and teach them to be better communicators? Well, I, I always recommend a three-step plan, and I know we talked about that on, on, the, on the last episode that we recorded, but just a simple three-step pan, plan. So let's say that little Susie is whining to satisfy a particular want or even a God-given need, such as being thirsty or being hungry. So maybe she's whining for a cup of water or for juice or for a snack. Step one is to calmly ask a very simple heart-probing question, something along the lines of, Susie, honey, are you asking for a snack? with your self-controlled voice. And I know a lot of kids, uh, moms will say, well, my kid will just clam up and not answer. So if that's the case with your kid, which is a popular way for them to respond or not respond, we don't want to get into a power struggle with them. So if they don't answer, just go ahead and answer for them to say, no, sweetheart, you're not. God wants you to have self-control, even with your voice. And then step two is to explain that it is love that motivates you to train her. And so you might say something like, you know, honey, I just love you too much to allow you to speak foolishly. And so I'm going to set a timer and you could use any kind of timer, a kitchen timer. You can even use your cell phone nowadays. All cell phones have timers on them. And then when that buzzer goes off in three minutes or two minutes or one minute or however long you think is appropriate amount of time for your child, then you may come back, honey, and ask for a snack with your self-controlled voice. 
And then step three is to follow through. And when that buzzer goes off, you want to have the child come back and ask the right way. Now, before we go any further, like I said, I know there are some of your mamas out there listening and they're thinking, yeah, right. Well, that just sounds all well and good. And that might work for your kids, but you don't know my kids. That wouldn't work. When that timer went off, my kid would just be too stubborn to come back and ask the right way. My child would just clam up. Well, to that, I say natural consequences. She doesn't get that snack until she's willing to come back and ask for self-control. And Leanne, like we talked about a little earlier, that a lot of kids today, they're not just whining for something they want. A lot of kids today just whine as a general means of communicating. And I'd like to say, if your child comes back after a minute and says, you know, mommy, I, I'm sorry I asked that way. Can I please ask the proper way? Don't say, nope, your time's not up because now you're just, you're putting your child in jail and you're the police officer. And again, that makes division between the child-parent relationship. And also, if your child does come back, say, after three minutes and says it in a proper voice, but has an ugly face, guess what? There's still a heart issue going on. Then you need to address the look that they're giving you and have them come back and say, now you need to look at me respectfully also, because what I see on your face, you're still having a hard time with this. That's right. And, you know, and, and sometimes we need to understand that, that some kids are so accustomed to whining that it actually might be necessary for us to demonstrate how to communicate the right way with the appropriate facial expression. And so giving them an example of how to communicate with self-control by modeling the appropriate words or tone of voice or, or expression, that's going to encourage them in how to replace what is wrong with what is right. So if they're really accustomed to that, you may need to model that for them. This is what this would look like. This is what this would sound like so that they understand exactly what, what you're after. I think that's great. You know, look, when we discuss things with each other, what if he said this? And what if she said that? How are you going to reply? Guess what? We're role playing. Mm-hmm. And I think we need to do that with our children as well. How would you address the issues differently with older children who whine? When older children whine and, and they're demanding that their wants and their desires be met immediately, that can be rooted in the sin of idolatry. Now, bear with me. We're not talking about you know, the young kids here, we're talking about older children. I'm not encouraging anybody to prop their three-year-old on their lap and launch into a long conversation about (laughs) idolatry, because that's just probably not going to apply with a three-year-old. This is going to be over their heads. But as they grow and mature, we do need to help them recognize and understand the sin of idolatry, because that is serious business with God. It's also vital that we recognize it in ourselves. We can know that whining is rooted in the sin of idolatry when we start believing that our temporal wants and desires are going to satisfy us more than God. The Apostle Paul talked about those who substituted the temporal for the eternal in Romans 125. He said they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worship and served created things rather than the creator who is forever praised. We know from 1 Timothy 6, 17, that God richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment, but those gifts for our enjoyment become idols when they're desired and enjoyed over God himself. A good indicator that the gifts God gives us are becoming idols is when the absence of them or the withholding of them ruins our trust and our delight in the goodness of God. So as children mature, not when they're really young, that would be a very hard concept for them to understand, but as they begin to mature, We do want to begin warning them against the dangers of idolatry. And a simple way to explain that, really even to a young child, might be to say something like, honey, idolatry is when a person or thing is loved more than God, wanted more than God, desired more than God, treasured more than God, or enjoyed more than God. That's a good way to help a young child begin to grasp that. 
That's great. When older children whine too, I, I think it's best to address the situation coming from the point of, listen, I know you want to be mature. You don't want to be acting or sounding like a young child or a baby. But you know, when you whine, that's what little kids do. Mm-hmm. Teenagers and young adults, they don't whine. And when you whine, I'm not, I can't hear what you really need. All I hear is the whining. Right. You know, but I have to disagree with you a little bit right there when you say it's just young adults because it was, I'm so convicted. And, and, you know, my book just came out, but it was like three days ago and I was literally whining about something and I already have my books here. And one of my adult kids came in and said, so who wrote the book about whining? (laughs) You know, so we all struggle. And I think uh, sometimes our kids can even bring that to our attention. And those give us opportunities to say, you know what, I was whining and that does not honor God. Thank you. And, you know, forgive me for setting that example and um, and ask the Lord, let them witness you asking the Lord's forgiveness. And they say, you know, let me try that again in a way that's not whining. Let me try that again in a way that shows thankfulness and model self-control. So when our, when we mess up and blow it, especially in the presence of our kids, God can even take those times. We shouldn't beat ourselves up about it because God can take those moments and and give us great opportunity to model for our kids what the conviction of the Holy Spirit looks like and how we're to rightly respond to that conviction. It shows them how our relationship with Jesus is very personal and very real and how we live in that relationship with Jesus every day. And you're so right. Adults whine too. Just the other day, I I caught myself saying, why can't my lawn man understand that he has to rake the leaves. If he doesn't pick them up, they're going to blow back into my driveway and into the front area of my house. Why can't he understand? That's a form of whining. (laughs) (laughs) Well, in Sam and the Sticky Situation, which I love this children's book, Sam has picked up on his whining tendencies from his mom which is unique, right? As parents, when our children struggle with an issue, we should look inward to examine our own hearts to see if we might be struggling too. Tell us more about Sam and the sticky situation and how this, what you just said about looking at ourselves when we struggle too, how we might help our children. Okay. All right. So, well, you asked me to tell about Sam and the sticky situation. So in the story, Sam figures out that he gets what he wants when he whines. So like we talked about earlier, he starts whining more and more because he's getting rewarded from that. But during a trip to the fair, Sam finds himself in quite the sticky situation when all of his whining leads him to being covered in cotton candy and stuck on the top of a Ferris wheel. And so later in the story, Sam's mom winds up confessing her own problem with whining which God uses to help Sam realize his problem. And then in the end, they both learn that nothing they want is more important than obeying and pleasing God. And of course, like we've talked about, they also learn the value of self-control and the importance of asking God for for his forgiveness and his help. And so the reason for that is we're told in Matthew 7, 5, that we should remove the plank from our own eye, and then we can see clearly to remove the speck from someone else's eye. So in both of my children's books and the ones that we're going to write in the future for this series, we always want our kids to know that we have that in common with them. We are sinners in need of a Savior just as much as they are. So in all the books, the, the parent in one way or another is going to have the same struggle as the child. And then that gives the parent the opportunity to, to make that point that we're all sinners in need of a Savior. We need God's rescuing grace and help just as much as our kids do. And it's encouraging for our kids to know that. As parents, we need to be honest with our kids about our own struggles at age-appropriate levels, of course. 
So it's okay for us to say to our children, I was whining about having to do the laundry this morning, or I was whining, you heard me whining about the lawn man because he's getting the, you know, the leaves all over the, the driveway. But my whining and complaining was not honoring to God. And so I've asked him to forgive me. And will you forgive me too for setting that example? When we admit our own sin and our own need for Jesus to our kids, it encourages them to do the same. And that's why I love this, this new series. Because like you said, the children are reading this with the parent and they're seeing that the parent also struggles. They're not alone in their struggle in this sinful area, but even their mom and dad struggles in this area and, and what the solution is. And I have to say the illustrations are adorable, just adorable. When you see Sam over there, he's, he has cotton candy stuck to his hair. He has all kinds of things stuck to him from his whining. So Ginger, thank you for being on the show again, and we're going to have you one more time to talk about your other wonderful book, Chloe in the Closet of Secrets. And again, we're giving away all your books and also join Raising Christian Kids Facebook group. Thank you, Ginger. Thank you, Leanne. And this is how we all work together to raise strong Christian kids. Thank you for listening to this episode that is part of the Spark Media Network that can now be heard on the Edify app.